Hello, welcome to episode four of Distilling Greatness. We are live here at the most beautiful theater and the state's theater, Tennessee Theater, here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hope everybody out there is having a, a great day. Got some great guests with me today, and then we also have Stan Webster with us. So we'll go around <laughs> the table here. First, I'd like to uh, welcome back my uh, partner in crime, my friend and partner, Jeff Arnett. How's it hey, going, Jeff? It's going great. It's good to be back. Good. Thanks for giving me a month off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, it wasn't a month off. You were out doing some good charity stuff that we'll, we'll, we'll be hearing about here in a little while. So that's good. That's a real good thing. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Opening up distribution. Yeah. Traveling quite a bit. So yeah. it's all good. I'm super, super busy. So... But welcome back. You were definitely missed episode three. Um, I can't carry it, so that's good that we got you back in here. So okay. glad you're here. To my right, we've got the uh, uh, Miss Nikki Collett. I said it that's correct. Right, you right? Yep. Yeah. Just for uh, FYI, her husband, would, you would like to know, she'd like to change the pronunciation of her last name. <laughs> But we'll go with Collett since that's what it is, correct? Yeah, so. Collette sounds fancy, but it's Collett. <laughs> <laughs> but Nikki's joined us. She's the Director of Development and Partnerships here at the Tennessee, Tennessee Theater. Tell us a little bit else about you, and welcome, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, glad to have y'all back. We've loved having y'all here to record the podcast. Um, a little partial to this place that is beautiful. It's a beautiful space. Um, and uh, yeah, just happy to be here. And I've been with the theater for... Almost two years, um, an incredible place to work, just a really, really important piece of this community's history, and happy to talk about it a little bit more today. Sounds great. Uh, congrats to uh, the Broadway series has gone phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Your other shows, um, love seeing it, and I know everybody here at the table enjoys it, so yeah, congrats absolutely. to that. Thanks. To my left is the uh, leader of uh, the, the cat herding for the Tennessee Distillers Guild, Ms. Uh, Charity Toombs, she's our executive director for the Tennessee Whiskey Trail and the Tennessee Distillers Guild. So welcome, Charity. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and everything else. But Hi, hey. thanks for having me today. Very glad to be here in Knoxville. So um, it's been a, a great ride here with the Tennessee Distillers Guild and the Tennessee Whiskey Trail. And we're off kicking a new year and welcoming guests onto the trail. Good deal. Appreciate it. And last but certainly least, um, we have uh, Stanton Wester. <laughs> he is our uh, an owner, one of the co-owners, one of the founders of uh, Postmodern Spirits. How's it going, Stan? Doing great, doing great. Uh, just, you know, I am the, just showing people that if you set the bar low enough, this is what you get on a podcast. <laughs> so um, I'm just so happy to be here and to bring that kind of energy um, <laughs> to distilling greatness. I, yes. This is the less than greatness episode. I'm bringing that energy. <laughs> um, sitting by the the original JA. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, it's exciting. Fun times. Fun times Fun in times. Knoxville. And it is like, what a better place to be. Yes, uh, agree. The Tennessee Theater. It's yep. making me feel classier. Um, <laughs> we do it. we which can, is, Stan. It's a lot. It's a heavy lift. Heavy oh, lift. boy. So, Speaking yeah. of heavy lifts, hey, don't forget, as you're listening to this great podcast, we also have a video that you get to watch. <laughs> it's a fantastic video. You get to see some of the behind the scenes <laughs> modeling taking place. So, um, but with all that being said, let's get down to a yeah, little giving, bit of business here. Giving up Oreos for Lent isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Lent. <laughs> for me either. <laughs> I feel felt in my white, so I'm good. I am bringing the dad bod every day. Every single day. The dad's bod. Okay, so with that being said, um, just a little recap. We had uh, episode three. We were able to visit with Billy Kaufman, Billy Kaufman over at Short Mountain. We talked about the importance, um, just a little recap for you guys, the importance of the Tennessee Distillers Guild, how we were able to, Billy brought us together, really, and brought together that voice for us to speak with one voice. 
Uh, that was, you know, vital to the success and the successes that have taken place in the guild as well as the launch of the trail. And so today I really want to, what Jeff and I really want to talk through is, you know, how did we get from this, this group of 13 of us back in 2014 to, to where we're at now with a trail that has, you know, 6 million plus visitors, you know, we can, I'll let you do through a lot of those stats, but, but that's what we really want to talk about and then talk about tourism as well. And, and Nikki and the theater, how they're really seeing and, and working with um, a specifically company, but, but honestly, a lot of distilleries because they're pushing, they're, they're increasing their bar service area, uh, doing some expansion. So, um, so we'll go through some of that stuff. So, so if we can, let's, let's just kind of dive right in here and, and all this kind of goes around. It, it's become a, a phrase, in my opinion, that um, charity, I've heard charity use a lot, it's called whiskey tourism. So we'll get to that. But uh, let's go through a little bit, Jeff, you know, from the beginning, you know, Billy started the, the guild. He absolutely did. There's 13 of us, Jack, Jack and George. At that time, you were Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the big three, if you wish, which, which was Jack, George, and um, Old Smokey weren't a part of it. But you guys got an interest in it. If you could give us a little brief background on, hey, how did you get an interest in it? And then what did you see when we were talking about bringing the trail on board? That would be fantastic. Sure. So, you know, from my perspective, um, from Jack Daniels, some of the initial conversations I had with some of the other distillery owners, uh, was regarding the Tennessee whiskey um, law, the definition, and whether or not, you know, how people felt about it, if it would be uh, beneficial to their their model uh, of business operation or if they saw it as an impediment or whatever. Uh, so those conversations kind of had started long before there was a guild. Um, and then before there was a guild, of course, we ended up in legislation, you know, walking around Legislative Plaza uh, discussing it and um, and kind of began to get to know one another through that. Um, now, at that time, I felt like there, there was some sentiment uh, within the guild that it should be a craft distillers guild, and that maybe Jack Daniels, I didn't want Jack Daniels, I think, coming in and, and kind of overlording it in a way. Um, but I think as the thoughts became that we really want the guild to be the voice of the industry you know, for the state of Tennessee, that we could speak with authority, uh, and it would be uh, at least the consensus opinion of, of the different distillers, I think they felt like Jack Daniels shouldn't be absent in that, you know. Um, so, you know, there was some thought up front as to whether or not, because, you know, Kentucky has done the same thing. They have a, um, there's a lower class, I call it, uh, of smaller distillers. They have like an artisan trail and they have the main bourbon trail. Um, not the smaller distillers don't get boats uh, when it comes to, you know, the different things you're discussing. Um, you know, when Jack Daniels came in, and I, I was pretty adamant about it, I felt like, you know, it's one distillery, one boat. Um, that we are all equally going to share and what decisions we're going to make here. And Jack Daniels' interests are not greater, even though there's more money riding on it, they're not greater than people who have their homes, you know, mortgaged against their success. Um, so that was kind of how those conversations began. And uh, we began to start meeting regularly. And I feel like, you know, we've just grown from there. And, and we have become that authoritative voice uh, for the industry that the legislators of, uh, of Tennessee look to us to speak. If something comes up in our space, they don't move forward without talking to the guild, yeah. uh, which, you know, that's exactly what we wanted because I think we have seen the power of speaking in one voice. Uh, if we're not fighting in the legislative plazas, if we've kind of hashed out all of our differences and we've decided what's best for everyone and we come forward with that one statement, we, ki- we can typically get, you know, what we're asking for because we're not asking for anything um, out of the way. Yeah, so. no, I agree completely. It was an interesting time. It was actually when I met Stanton, uh, Stanton was actually, he's one of very few people that have actually owned more than one distillery in the state. The original. I just, yeah, I just yeah. love it that much. Just keep doing um, it, huh? But it was, it was an interesting time to see, um, you know, all these, this disparate 
kind of ownerships and, and employees and different people doing different things. And our industry in this state was just so young. Um, you know, even though we have, you know, one of the most historic, most globally well-known distilleries, um, here in the state as an industry itself, um, across the 95 counties, it was, you know, a nascent industry it was very young. And so seeing, um, you know, being able to have people like Jack Daniels at the table was important at that time. And then just strong leadership of the guild. I don't know, um, if Mr. Tatum will toot his horn, but he was, the president of the board for many years and kind of the way we got from from point a to where we are now was i think chris actually reached down and grabbed us and drug all of us <laughs> uh, owners into one room and and really kind of it started with our board of directors jeff was on the board and they all kind of they set the standard for that one voice um and then we all grudgingly followed <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. It was, it's definitely been uh, from the beginning. It's a passion. You got to have a passion for this. I think Jeff said it best when you're mortgaging your home or you're, or you're using your retirement or, or just, you know, going all in it, it means something different, you know, and, and for us, I know the early conversations and we won't go much deeper in the early, but the early conversations were definitely, let's speak with one voice mm-hmm. because we believe very, very solidly that if you don't speak with one voice, you're going to have division. <clears throat> so we, everything we tried to do was one where it was one voice and it gave everybody an opportunity, whether you chose to take that opportunity with a revenue opportunity or, a, you know, how you ran your distillery. We still wanted it to be one voice and we wanted it to be an opportunity for everyone. And Jack was a great example. There were a couple of things they were like, oh, hell no, we're never going to do that. And it was, you know, a year later they're doing it, you know, and, and that's not a negative. That was a good thing. Well, you know? you know, I think from Jack Daniel's perspective, they began to see the power that, you know, there were things that the, the smaller distillers needed that were really irrelevant in Jack Daniel's world. They were kind of beyond that in, in a way. Um, but they understood that they're, especially when the small distillers came to Jack Daniels defense, which at times they did. And mm-hmm. it was those small voices that really turned the tide back. Because one of the things I learned is there's not a single politician in Tennessee who's not proud to say that Jack Daniels is in the state. But when things around taxation come up, you're kind of on your own. Because, yeah. um, yeah. you know, taxes got to come from somewhere mm-hmm. and you, you got big shoulders so you can bear it. Yeah. Um, so you don't get a lot of sympathy. Uh, when it came to matters of taxation, but things that they were doing to Jack Daniels were also going to put burdens on small distillers. And it was them showing up in Nashville and saying, hey, if you do that, you're just making it even harder for me. Yep. Uh, that really helped Jack Daniels, you know, ward off some new taxes and things of that nature. So there's definitely been some tremendous benefits to Jack Daniels. And there have been times that Jack Daniels has just kind of gone along um, with things that the, that the guild wanted and that mm-hmm. smaller distillers needed that were, you know, no harm, no foul to anyone. Yep. And I think that was always our philosophy is that you know, we didn't want to like grind axes for individual distilleries, but if issues came up and we felt like it benefited more than half of the membership of the guild, yeah. then those are the things we wanted to put on the, you know, on the agenda to discuss and figure out what are our main priority items. I can remember that first offsite where we yeah. came up with maybe two things that we felt like the guild needed to focus on. That was our five-year plan. We got it done in a year yeah. and I had to come back and do another offsite because <laughs> yeah. we were so good at it. Yeah. So but yeah. It, was, it was great times. It was. So we, during this, you know, we had the formation since Tennessee Distillers Guild. We went, we uh, had some negotiation period for over a little over a year to get the Tennessee Whiskey Trail name. We got that out right. Uh, we launched in June of 17, I believe. Does that sound right to you guys? Mm-hmm. June of 17. Um, and, and created this trail that went from, you know, Upper East Tennessee, up right up right now. It touches Virginia border, correct, Charity? Like yes. Up there, mm-hmm. all the way out to Memphis. Yep, Mem- Memphis to Bristol. Memphis to Bristol. So, uh so we did that and launched this trail and we were still trying to figure ourselves out a little bit, but 
during that time, what we did find out is that local communities like Knoxville and et cetera, they, they were embracing this something else to do. And I, I think that's something to speak to, Nikki, the importance that you see from having things like postmodern in, in downtown Knoxville. Like, can you speak to a little bit of that? Just your feeling of community and, and this phrase of whiskey tourism overall. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, anyone who has been to Knoxville in the past 10, even five years can see the difference. Um, you know, there used to be not really a reason to come downtown and there weren't as many restaurants. There weren't as many things to do for people who were living here or were visiting. Um, so to see this, you know, resurgence in things to do and places to eat and drinks to be had, (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely driven, you know, traffic downtown, you know, from, from 2016 to 2021, there's been a 10% increase of visitors to Knoxville and we work closely with visit Knoxville and, you know, um, getting statistics from them. And and they're really, really good about monitoring how many people are coming to Knoxville and where they're coming from and what they are coming to do. So here at the theater, we strive to provide a diverse calendar of events. There's something for everyone from Broadway to rock shows, to comedians, to orchestra, symphony, those types of things. There really is something for everyone. And the same can be said for Knoxville. So if, if you're not a bourbon fan, gasp, I know, who are, what is wrong with those people? You know, there's, there's something for beer drinkers. There's something for gin drinkers. There's something for everyone. And, and there are all, they're all within a stone's throw of, of downtown, which is great. You know, obviously I'm biased. We, we are right here in the heart of downtown on Gay Street. And so we love to see the restaurants and the bars and the, the gathering places pop up. So it really is just kind of driving the sense of community and, you know, post pandemic, people want to get out and be together and, and downtown Knoxville and other places within the community are providing those places for, for people to do that. That's fantastic. And, you know, kind of leading into that charity, you came on, um, uh, what about a year and a half ago? Is it two yep. years ago? I may be off a little bit and, but um, the thing is interesting is, you know, as, as Jeff and myself and, and Stanton worked early on um, to get this thing going and we launched a trail, then obviously the 2020 hit and then we kind of had this big pause. We had some good momentum legislatively, visitation, hospitality wise, uh, had this, this, this pause and we've come out of that and you, you've kind of come out of that. You really, in my opinion, and, and Stanton and I've talked about this, you really got us to another level when it came to that social media engagement, that sense of community and things like that. Tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to jump into this industry and go from, you know, I think you were the marketing manager, I believe. And then now you've, you know, you've been promoted to the executive. Well, it may be a promotion. You don't know yet. You've not been doing it long <laughs> enough, but, but, uh, but a promotion to the executive director position. Well, and I will say coming on, I was somewhat familiar of the guilds formation working um, in tourism for a municipality. And during that time period, we had a distillery that was keeping us kind of abreast of what was coming. And so it was exciting to watch the Guild and the Trail really culminate and grow from 2017's launch to really kind of just being familiar with it when I started working more in tourism. And then when I came on to see what would happen in 2022, it was phenomenal for me because I feel like the Guild had been so successful, but also legislatively so focused and that there were so much opportunities to truly turn the next curve and grow the visitor side and the trail brand. And so when I came on, I think kind of playing upon things that Jeff says, you know, what I think is so unique about what we have with the trail is that in the sense of community, the distilleries and and spirits, whiskey, bourbon, they are what Jeff calls, you know, 
products of place. And ultimately, one of the things that we really try to cultivate for our visitors is that go and see postmodern, but ultimately go and experience the neighborhood and the community that surrounds postmodern, because by far that is what ultimately creates and crafts the experience of enjoying, enjoying postmodern and what's happening in the old city around there. And so one of the things that we've really tried to lay into is that we want um, visitors to get out and expand and see the neighborhoods and the communities that are absolutely defining these distilleries and those experiences, because that is what sets your experience apart. One hand over fist in terms of communities and how they differ from our rural distilleries to our urban distilleries. And so it's opportunities like the theater and, and adding that to a visitor experience that absolutely makes our trail, I think, different than anyone else out there. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the thing, you know, we, we talk about community a lot. I mean, we really do. And, and I think something interesting is, is kind of this um, integration of uh, an inclusion of all of these different, especially you're looking at postmodern and, and company and then, and the rest of the members of the trail as well. And then you look at the, like you were talking about the diversity of the shows that you have here. To me, that's really neat for me to sit back and see how we are sitting here and, and postmodern has got probably one of the biggest portfolios is from a, from a UPC and, 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 uh, product, yeah. you know, but man, you bring it together and we've done some stuff together, you know, and I just think that's pretty awesome. And, and, and tell us a little bit, if you would Stan, take us a little bit on how you feel like what, how postmodern fits into this community and what, you know, where it's at with it, uh, around here. It's just that representation of, um, kind of intentionally being in a place and, and kind of engaging with that community. We were, you know, I've been in Knoxville for so many years. Um, and it was, you know, postmodern is a representation of where we are physically like it, it, it represents that place. And that place is a city, um, and it's a dynamic city. It's a changing city. There's a lot of energy. Um, but it's also a community of people that are engaged in making and being and doing. Um, and that's kind of what we wanted that, that integration was where we wanted to be when we founded postmodern and we love spirits and we wanted that passion for our spirit making to come out. We wanted our passion for our community to come out. And so we do make a wide variety of spirits, but they're necessary for kind of what we do, which is great cocktails. We love cocktail culture. It's, and that speaks back to kind of that experience of being in places and doing things and going. And that's kind of what we wanted to carry through with postmodern. Yeah. Jeff, you, uh, and, and that's, I think that's well put. And that's how I think of your place too. I mean, it's just, it's, we talk about we're going to gather around, but man, you, it's the same thing. It's, you have the same concept. You know, yeah, and you guys, you guys took that phrase from us, so we couldn't. <laughs> we did. That, I mean, so. it's a matter of big brother, little brother. I mean, hate that for you, yeah, you know. It's but. okay. It's okay. Well, well, I, and I think Jen often kind of has more of an urban vibe to it, you mm -hmm. know. So I think yeah. it's it's much more appropriate that it's a inner city, you know, mm -hmm. kind of um, entity instead of being out in a rural farm. You yeah. know, you you know, going out to Short Mountain, you're kind of not close to anything. And that's one of the great things about distilleries mm -hmm. and the tourism that it drives is that it it does get people off the beaten paths and. I know at least in the state of Tennessee, there are 95 counties, 20 of which are somewhat distressed, don't have a lot of economic prosperity, don't have a lot of uh, jobs to offer. So tourism is one of the great um, economies of Tennessee. You know, it's one of the top handful every single year. Um, and it gets people to, to leave Knoxville and Nashville at times, you know, not to, not to say that we don't want you to visit the city too, um, but these areas outside, they're a little bit more yeah. remote. They're within an hour's drive. Totally. Of all the urban centers, there are some really beautiful places to visit just to get some fresh air uh, and, to, and to kind of experience 
uh, a product that's made locally uh, where people are passionate and have a craft uh, for what they do. It's really a, a cool experience. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw a curveball at Jeff here. Uh, Jeff, you, you have, we've talked extensively and, and if you ever get to spend some time with Jeff sipping, sipping on some bourbon or even having a good gin cocktail, hearing some of the stories about his travels is pretty amazing. Over 40 countries. <laughs> so I'm going to throw a curveball with you. And what do you think sets the Tennessee Whiskey Trail and our group of distilleries, our family of distilleries apart from other places you've been, obviously with Brown Foreman being a Kentucky based. Sure. Well, give us a little you bit know, of thought on that. You know, surprisingly, I have not taken the time to officially go up and like take the Kentucky bourbon trail. Okay. I have of the main seven that are a part of it. I have visited six uh, of those. Um, and each one is slightly different. Uh, and you know, I think it's awesome. I would never discourage someone from going to Kentucky and taking the bourbon trail. It's, it's a great thing to do. But when I, was on the guild and we were talking about doing a Tennessee whiskey trail. It's like, you know, is it a, is it truly competing with Kentucky or is it something that would complement that? Is that once you've already done the bourbon trail, do you want to take that trail every single year, every few years, or do you want a, another state to offer you an alternative to that? And where I saw Tennessee is having um, possibly an advantage is that, you know, Kentucky's got horses and bourbon and Tennessee's got a lot of stuff beyond that. <laughs> you know, we do, we have, um, you know, the music uh, heritage, you know, coming, you, you know, coming out of Memphis, you got, you know, Sun Records and then, uh, you know, over like um, uh, Brownsville or, or Nutbush, you've got Tina Turner. You know, my, my hometown of, of Jackson, Tennessee is Carl Perkins, the home of Rockabilly, sort of where rock and country yeah. met. Uh, Nashville, country music, um, East Tennessee, Appalachia, more mountain bluegrass style music. Um, so, you know, if you're into music, you know, I would say that you possibly have a little bit better um, I'll call it the between sips moments as I, you know, you're going to go from distillery to distillery. I would tell you doing that in Kentucky, a lot of backcountry roads and stuff like that, but not really a lot to do along the way other than just drive to get drive to the, the next, next place. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in Tennessee, I think you, there are a lot of things that will kind of um, catch your eye uh, and, and your attention along the way. So you, you can easily do two or three distilleries in a day, but it's the content between those that I think will differentiate Tennessee uh, over Kentucky, why I think it, um, you know, we, we laugh and say that, you know, that, okay, go do the, the bourbon trail, that's a 5K. Uh, but the Tennessee Whiskey Trail, that's more like a marathon. Yep. You know, you got 30 stops and 600 miles to cover if you're big enough to do it. Yep. No, I think that's great. I love that. That whole Tennessee, Kentucky thing, you know, when we launched the trail, we were big, Nikki, um, talking a little bit of smack, just a mm -hmm. little bit here and there. Yeah, I'm going to replay I'm this. I'm going to replay this. We're at the, we're at the factory in Franklin <laughs> where <laughs> president of the guild, Chris Tatum gets up there and says, Kentucky, get out of the way. It's time for you to follow our lead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Fred, and Fred Minnick, who wrote Bourbon or Curious or <laughs> and is a big Kentucky bourbon guy sitting like right in the front row. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we've, we've had a little bit of that. Um, and it's been fun, but you know, ever you know, Burger King needs his McDonald's, Home Depot needs its Lowe's. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I want to say, kind of back up when it comes to, you know, working with Stanton and and other distilleries, distillers and distilleries in the in the in the guild is we we had times we agreed at the beginning that you're going to fight like cats and dogs in that room, but when we leave, we speak with one voice. You know, we're brothers and sisters in that room. And it's a learning experience. I've, you know, I've been, I've been well aligned before and stands, you know, jerk me back in line and, and, and vice walked versa. Walked outside. Walked me yeah. outside, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it, it's something that I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of. We've got, we've done a lot of accomplishments along the way, but the fact that we've kept that core together uh, and some are going to come and go, that's just the nature of, of associations. But uh, I'm proud of that big time. So 
But but let's just go back or not go back. Let's let's continue down this bashing because Kentucky sucks. Um, <laughs> if we could, <laughs> let's talk a little statistics there, oh, Miss uh, Miss Charity. Give us a little statistic, some some information about Tennessee v Kentucky Bourbon Trail versus Whiskey Trail, and and then just a little bit of insight. You know what you and Stan stands currently on the board. Um, I think he's in beginning finishing up year one, maybe. Um, so you're going to get to have seems like for, longer, but yeah, does it seem yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like longer? Yeah. So maybe the two of you guys could tell us a little bit about what we see going forward, but some statistics that we see as well. Absolutely. Well, I will say one thing from coming on is that I kept telling the guild like we're seeing a huge resurgence from a state perspective on tourists. And I feel like I kept saying that and saying that. And when we actually did visitation numbers for 22, we welcomed 7.8 million visitors in 22 <laughs> to Tennessee distilleries. So to say that impact, it's profound. Um, and when I actually compared visitation to 2019, we still grew 1.3 million visitors from 2019 to 2020. And Man. so, you know, Tennessee is absolutely, you know, anchoring itself in that visitation piece of it by all means. But, you know, whiskey tourism is, again, just like we're talking about, is just one piece of really the true Tennessee experience. And we're proud that we can also encourage guests to create adventure and music and history and culinary experiences on top and what really complements our overall whiskey tourism piece of it. So it's great numbers that Tennessee should be very proud of. Um, and while we're just touting this, you know. KDA just released that they had celebrated their three millionth tour. That's um, cute. Yeah, it's <laughs> really freaking cute. Aww. Good, good for them. <laughs> good for those guys. That's cute. That's sweet. Really, that's cool. So tell me, Stan, a little bit about you know. I mean, like Jeff said, a whole bunch of our a whole bunch of our uh, distilleries are kind of in pockets. You know, there's this age old East Tennessee versus Middle Tennessee, and then and the stuff in between. You know, what do you see and what do you hope to gain and, and what do you see the future for the Tennessee Whiskey Trail from a board member, but also from a distillery owner? Yeah, I just think it's more like we just continue to develop our communities. We continue to work with our communities um, and, and continue to just grow those relationships. Um, I mean, you just can't like whether you're in Knoxville or Nashville or Memphis or the towns in between. Um, it's just you don't where you think about being in those spaces, you also think about those distilleries that are there around them. It's just a natural inclination, a natural growth, right? We're, we're still a young industry in our state. So it's just digging deeper into those relationships and they already exist. Um, you know, this is, it's fun thinking about how you go from community to community. And it's like, we not only know people there, we're related to people there, <laughs> wow, you know, whether yeah. we're in Nashville or we're in, so you can't, you know, say something bad about someone from Nashville because somebody in Knoxville, that's their second cousin. So you <laughs> better watch out. <laughs> and that's what we do is, you know, we celebrate those. We, we, you know, we find those places and we continue to grow those. That's fantastic. When you're in Lynchburg, they're either first cousins or married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just just know that's an even shallower pool. And I point out that, that, you're, you did that say you're swimming or, around in. You or, did say or, or, or. Yeah, word I there. didn't say you were married to your right. first cousin, but they're all kin. That was the first rule of yeah. living in, in Lynchburg. That's fantastic. I love it. So, Nikki, you're sitting here hearing some of this chaos and getting experience. <laughs> some. Great. You know, what do you see? Like, I know you are, excuse me. The big thing I think, you know, for the Tennessee theater, you know, it, it, you put a show on, you put a Broadway show on, it's 16 shows, mm -hmm. open the doors, close it. You talked about the importance of, of other things to do there. <clears throat> I guess what I'm getting to get, get towards is, is do you see the Tennessee theater growing and being more interactive? Do you have things on the horizon where you'll be more interactive from that hospitality, whether it's 
partnerships with company or events with company and postmodern or, or, you know, restaurants, do you see that evolving with the theater? And instead of it just being, Hey, we're going to go spend two hours here and then we're going to go somewhere else. I mean, absolutely. I mean, as a nonprofit organization, which some people don't understand that we are a nonprofit um, as the official state theater of Tennessee, our mission is to preserve, operate and maintain this building for the enjoyment for all. And that's incredibly important when we want to be inclusive, you know, in talking about the variety of things that we offer here, um, you know, ticket prices range as well. So we want that to not be a barrier for people to join us. You know, last year we hosted um, or held over 200 events and we saw, um, you know, earlier this uh, a couple months ago, we had Hamilton uh, here at the theater, which was a really, really big deal. And just in the span of two weeks, we welcomed 25,000 people through those doors. Phenomenal. So we just have this opportunity, you know, here in Knoxville, I mean, we're seeing 6.8 million visitors a year, and that's $1.2 billion a year coming in just to this city alone. So when we look at our role and what we can offer people who are here visiting like I said, we want something for everyone, but it is, like you said, more than just a show on stage. What we want to do is cultivate those lifelong memories. There is nothing better for me than to stand in the lobby and have someone come in and say, I remember coming here to see a movie with my grandmother. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of, we want to provide those opportunities for the next generation of, you know, theater lovers and people who live here and, and who are just visiting here. We love hearing those stories. And, you know, it's, we have some projects on the horizon. Mm -hmm. We, we have a building um, a mm -hmm. couple doors down that we're going to be, um, you know, working on. And that's going to provide a lot of space for us to really tap into that community outreach mission that we have you know, right now, if we have a show on stage, we can't really do anything else in the building. We're here at this table recording this podcast because we don't have the <laughs> symphony on stage yet. <laughs> They'll be here later, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, so we, we need space in order to have other opportunities to do events for other people outside of the, the show that's happening on stage. So we're really excited about it. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of potential, but we're, we're putting the time and the energy into that because the theater, you know, has been around for, for 90 some years and we want it, we want it here for another century or more. It's just yeah. kind of continuing our legacy here for, for the community and visitors alike. You know, my, my wife and I are empty nesters now, so our kids are both off at college and it's rare that we have them both at home at the same time, but they were back in December and it just so happened that that was when y'all were going to do National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. So I brought them over. We had such a good time. Yeah. And to your point, it was very <laughs> affordable. It was no more expensive than going to any other movie. Exactly. Um, but, you know, people were dressed up in character and, uh, you know, hear the pipe organ play mm -hmm. uh, and just all the grandeur that went on around, you know, before the curtains opened up and the movie started. We had such a good time, though. It was a great memory yeah, for us. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. I think you're fulfilling that mission. Good. That you, that big, time. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Big time. You come make the memories here and you go to Stan's place to forget them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I, Responsible uh, drinkers. Yeah. You know, growing up in just outside Nashville, um, my grandmother was here in Knoxville. My mom, my, my mom's people were here in Knoxville. <laughs> and so it was, there were so many, I remember it was just a few years ago when I was, you know, maybe 10 years old, just not long ago at all. Um, 
but growing up and having those moments of running, you know, holding her hand, running across Gay Street and coming into the Tennessee theater like that is it's right there. Mm -hmm. It's right there as just seminal moments of my life. And, you know, that's kind of defines that sense of place. It's more than just this physical building and it's more than just the distilled spirits that we make that are sold in this building. It is it is all these things that emotionally touch us very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we love about it. I I did, you know, a few months ago, have my kid here for Hamilton. And, you know, then we came back for big ears. And you talk about things that are just so different experientially. Um, it's just great to have this showcase here, this Tennessee theater for literally for all people. Yep. It's, it's really cool to hear these things, the, hear you talk about it. And Jeff, you know, your recent experience and especially when you kind of tie back to when we started the trail and I say started <clears throat> when we purchased the name and, and we built a website and Oh my God, you know, we thought we were spending a ton of money and it was like $5,000 or something. That's a great point. It's yeah. a function of our budget. Yeah, everything is relative. And that was right. a lot of money at the time. It was. And, and we were so, everybody was so into it. And, and the whole goal, it's interesting because, you know, I love the visitation numbers. The fact that it's seven point, it's almost a, a triple of the guys and gals up north. That's great. You know what I'm saying? Like the thing is, is that our whole time that we were talking about this, we talked about this integration of hospitality uh, and the tourism aspect. Like, hey, we are part, I mean, look at us. We're entrepreneurs. We've got some big corporations as well, but we're here and we can bring all this together. We're going to be in your restaurant. We can be with your farmer from an agricultural perspective. You know, we can mm-hmm. use local farmers. So for me to sit here this, this five years later and see what you're doing, Charity, and, and Stanton, you're doing as leader of the guild, you know, as, as on the board there is awesome because again, our goal then, and you guys were a part of this, you know, you knew we were trying to get people to our distillery, but then experience the community so that they do want to come back. Because mm. I'll just tell you, and I'm, I'm not being mean because I think there's some gorgeous distilleries in Kentucky, but most of those are you go to that distillery and then there's really not anything else you're going to go. You're you're going to spend two or three hours probably driving to the next one. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Trust me. They're, they're kicking ass. It doesn't, they're not, this isn't going to hurt their brand. You might see two convenience stores, gas stations between them. You know, it's court. If you're on the most direct route, I can tell you there's not much there uh, when you're connecting those dots. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. And that's not to put it down. I mean, it's beautiful beautiful country too. If that's what you're looking for, but I think there's just so much more to do. Different if you're things. on vacation and you're trying to, you know, maximize what all you're able to do, yeah. windshield time is great, but even more so if you've got some things to do along the way. Like I said, it's be- yeah. the between, between the sips. That was what we discussed that would be Tennessee's uh, unique advantage uh, to creating a trail that it would, it would be seen as something different yeah. uh, than the Kentucky Bourbon Trail because I think what they've done is, is very admirable. Um, but what we all saw is that collectively a rising tide raises all ships. You know, one of the things that we learned early from the Kentucky um, um, distillers group was that they did not, when they created the trail, they didn't like sign any code of ethics or anything like that. Um, there were no expectations of performance or what you would say or do um, when people got on your site. And th- there was a little bit of infighting and there were some, I think, some low blows that were, were yeah. being shared at, at different distilleries. And, um, you know, in talking with my counterpart from, from Woodford Reserve at the time, he said, you know, we would have done ourselves a favor had we required a code of ethics from everyone to be signed as far as, you know, what our labels will say, what we would say about one another, um, the cleanliness of our properties, uh, the amount of hospitality we're willing to put into it, that we're not going to let a bad day 
create a bad customer experience that we're going to, you know, whatever we're feeling, we'll put it aside and do our best to make sure that everybody who walks through our doors gets a good experience, even though every experience is going to be a little bit different. Um, but you know, that we required that yeah. and, and not everybody who wanted to be on the trail got on the trail, yeah. unfortunately. And, uh, but you know, but they understood, uh, we had some very clearly defined things that we expected of someone to be a part of it. And I think that that has also been an advantage for Tennessee, uh, as we have promoted this as a, you know, as a product, um, that's worth doing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. If you're on vacation, you're passing through, we've got places to stop and partners that you can go to that will make your day you know, we'll maximize it. Maximize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, gosh, I remember all that. It, it, it was, it was something we did some, we did some things that we learned from some, you know, we saw where mistakes mm-hmm. were other, you know, from other times or other places, specifically KDA. And, mm-hmm. and we learned from that. It was an interesting time for sure. It's a, I just sit there and think back, all these things come back to when we did this and just how much <laughs> of a pain in the ass it really was. I mean, I'll tell this quick story uh, about purchasing the, the trail. You may not know this story, Charity, but um, we had taken some time and had a, a group that had gone to try to buy the, the, the trademark for the Tennessee Whiskey Trail from a couple of um, um, hobbyists, which I respect because they... They were they, just fans. Yeah, they were, they were fans, just fans, but they went and blocked the, the, they the most had appropriate it. website. Yeah, and, and so we did this research. We got with the, the state about, you know, we'll just call it the Tennessee Spirits Trail. And we, went, and, and we sat there with... Um, with Ted Townsend uh, and Amy New, and they're like, look, it's got to be Tennessee Whiskey Trail. So, you know, if you're going to try to recreate that, you better get ready to spend $100,000. And we're like, well, hell, we got 20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dollars. Dollars. Yeah, $20, dollars, you know. And so I'll never forget. I was like, let's just take a run at this. So we, uh, so Bruce Boyko, Nashville Craft, um, he was on the board for a little while. He said, well, those guys are my neighbors. I said, well, call them up. Let's meet at your house and we're going to settle this. And so uh, we met at about 9.30 that night and uh, started drinking. Well, I wasn't drinking. And so <laughs> they kept drinking and kept drinking. And Bruce and his lovely wife, Linda, kept feeding them more alcohol. And we started actually talking business about 11 o'clock. And um, they after, were- Probably after Bruce had gotten his guitar out. <laughs> yeah, I mean- <laughs> Played a couple I, of I'm just going to cut to the punchline here. Yeah. Don't go into negotiations with Chris Tatum. If and you're not like stone sober, I'm going to tell you, they came out with their big 150 number and then it was 100. And then we left that night buying the, all their um, intellectual property and all their inventory for like $20,000. And we went back to the state and the state's like, you got that for 20,000. I was like, yeah, but they were drunk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, all that being said, I think you guys, charity, Stan, you guys have done a, an amazing job. You continue to do an amazing job. You know, what are some things we can expect to see down the, the pike there for you, Miss uh, Charity? So we're excited. We're going to continue rolling out um, new itineraries and trip ideas based upon people's interest groups. So you can check out on our website. We are going very excited to roll out um, a new itinerary called Just for Foodies this spring. And this is going to be experiencing the Tennessee Whiskey Trail through culinary and cocktails. So we're very excited about that piece of it. Um, This fall, we're hoping to actually also showcase Tennessee State Parks and how to explore the trail via state parks and all that's going in um, across there. So stay tuned and you can keep up with us via social or the website. That's awesome. I think the other thing, of course, later this month in April is Roaring Poor. Yes. At the Memphis Zoo. Yes, right. And that is one of the official guild events. So for people who don't have the time to make it to every single distillery, 
Uh, if you can make it to Memphis that weekend, you will meet at least 80, 90 percent of the Absolutely. distillers um, yeah. behind their own tables, pouring the product, answering questions and hopefully uh, enticing you, enticing yep. you to make that trip across Tennessee. Yes, yeah. I think that's excellent. We, you know, obviously we are very fortunate to be able to host um, Tennessee Whiskey Trail events throughout the year in some of the most iconic places across the state. And Memphis Zoo will be coming up. Sip of history at the Hermitage, the home of Andrew Jackson. One thing I do have to also like save our date. Um, International Tennessee Whiskey Day is May 21st, and we're going to be celebrating that in Nashville. And actually, we've expanded that from just a day to a week-long celebration. So, um, yeah, we're very excited about that. So mark your calendar down. What you got going on, Stan? I know you got some. You should have some yoga in there, which I know you're doing. I can see. Yes, totally. Uh, no, you uh, obviously aren't keeping up with us. You know, we're just um, <laughs> we're we're coming into our sixth anniversary. Oh, um, awesome. Later, later, late mid mid to late summer. Um, so that's going to be fun. We'll be celebrating that in August. Um, you know, got some new things coming out. We launched um, a Fernet way back in um, in March. Um, and so that's fun. It's, you know, we are kind of coming back into what we like to do, which is just weird spirits. You know, we like to take historical things, mix it with our, um, science backgrounds and, and bring it out into something that's a little different things that people don't expect. And so we like to kind of refresh the palates for everyone that's on the Tennessee whiskey trail. And so that's, we continue to do that every day. So yeah, you got to check out Pomo. I call it Pomo. I think a lot of people call it Pomo. Um, but postmodern spirits come down there in the old city. It's fantastic. Nikki. Yeah. I mean, it. there's never a dull moment at the theater. That's for sure. <laughs> Finishing out the Broadway season. That's always a big one this summer. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we do a really, really good, uh, fun summer movie magic series uh, sponsored by Denart Construction, which is just, it's, it's so much fun. We show different movies uh, throughout the summer and really get a lot of people out here for that. So um yeah, just gearing up for that and, and things coming in the fall. We, uh, we've got a lot of good things um, in the, in the uh, hopper good. that we haven't announced quite yet, but stay tuned. Our events calendar is always being updated. Um, check that out. Subscribe to our newsletter, shameless plug. Uh, that's the <laughs> best way. That's the best way to stay in touch um, and, and know what's going on, but also get access to presale codes, which we get asked about all the time. So that's the best way to do it. It's fantastic. I, I do want to take a second um, to talk or to just mention, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of different names and thrown them out here, but there's a couple of people that we, that we're going to talk to later on. We're going to have a legislative conversation um, um, later uh, this year, but you know, there were some other people. You had Billy Kaufman, who was our first mm-hmm. president. Jeff Pennington came in next. He really, I think Jeff really lit a fire under us. Um, and then um, as Stan mentioned, I was uh, president for several years and now Alex Castle, mm-hmm. who is uh, Tennessee's first female distillery. A distiller, I'm sorry, um, out of uh, Memphis, uh, old Dominic over there is our, the president currently. Uh, also board members during that time, and I think that longstanding board members that we should definitely recognize are Tyler Crowell uh, out of Corsair. You've got Kent Merritt. Kent Merritt, yeah. Um, Greg Item. Greg Item, you know. Greg's mm-hmm. been on here before. He's a horrible guy. He's worse than you, Stanton. <laughs> um, well, I mean. Probably he had issues getting up to the mic. Well, no, well but we, um, had, we had booster seats. Yeah, okay. I don't get fair, it. Fair. I just don't understand you know, it. But That's what um, happens. Sometimes scientists are a little more reticent. Yeah, me. he's a geek. Um, so, <laughs> but there, those are some of our original ones. Um, Rod Bankovich from uh, Diageo. Jeff, uh, mm-hmm. obviously Jeff, myself were there. Um, these were people that, you know, serving on that board is, is, and I want to say thank you to you guys. I know I'm a pain in the ass. I know I get that. 
but it is a thankless job to be on that board and to continue on and to serve for a three or six year spot is, is huge. And, and, and I don't mean to leave anybody off when I'm, I'm listing that stuff off, but, but I think it's important to know that what you're doing for our industry is, is valuable. Um, our first ED um, was Jill Talbert. She was our ED and lobbyist. And I think we paid her a buck 50, yeah. um, something like that a month. Uh, and that's a dollar 50 a month. Um, so uh, she was fantastic. Uh, and she was happy to get it too. And she, <laughs> she was She's like, I'm going to hang out with these idiots, you know? Um, but no, I just, it's important, I think, to make sure that those names are out there for me and for you guys, because they did, they, they put us where we're at now. And you guys are carrying a torch forward, in my opinion. Um, that's not, you know, it's thankless, you know? Well, um, I mean, now I'm going to say thank you. So it officially, you got one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Cause, and, cause I, cause I've wore that hat for three years as well. And, and I get it. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, it's not always that you fun, guys but, are buttering us up like this. <laughs> like we're not going to come back to you <laughs> and elect you guys back to something like, come on. No, come no, on, no. I mean, you, you know, have to be, you have to want to do that. In a but, few uh, years, it, <laughs> I have, a, will, I have a willingness to serve, but just not, you know, yeah. not an urgency right now. Yeah. But I can't all, imagine there's anything else going on. <laughs> no, no, nothing else. But, but with all that being said, I would encourage our listeners, check out Tennessee Whiskey Trail. Is it tnwhiskeytrail.com? Yes, oh, it I is. I can't remember that. That's fantastic. Check out Postmodern. Obviously, come by a company, uh, gather around with us. We've got we're, a great we're back, to, back to summer hours now. So, yeah. yeah. So, longer hours. Longer hours, music. Longer days and longer hours. Trivia yeah. on Wednesdays. Um, we're going to be Get at Roaring side or yeah. Yeah. Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, good gracious. Anywhere <laughs> you go. Anywhere yeah. you go. Um, so that would be my call, you know, a call to action for our listeners is, is check these guys out, check out Tennessee Whiskey Trick, check, check this stuff out. There's some fantastic lodging, Airbnbs, things like that along the way. Um, I just want to say thanks for your all's time. I know it was a little longer than normal, um, but I think we had a lot of good information and just kind of talking and gathering around it. And it it means a lot to us that you guys took time, you know, to chat with Jeff and I. So, um, we will. Well, it was only Jeff. (laughs) Jeff was the driving. (laughs) Well, he was the driving force. Come on. I respect that. I respect the OG, the OG yeah. J.A. That's the original right. J.A. <laughs> the original J.A. If you want to know what, about J.A., please come by Company Distilling or Postmodern, and we'll tell yep. you the story. That's not something we're going to share on here um, <laughs> because we also don't want to be rated as an adult-only uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I think keeping that's going to be PG-13. Got to keep it PG-13. Yep. Um, so, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, please check out the video. Stan's looking very svelte. There you go. <sighs> And we look forward to talking to you guys next month. Um, and next month's going to be a great one. We're actually going to flip the switch a little bit and talk a little beer next month. Uh, some little surprises there. Um, my phrase that I say all the time that I know Jeff hates hearing now is that whiskey is what beer wants to be when it grows up. And so we're going to I'm good more. with that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to learn more about that. This we next always time. say distillers fix brewers' mistakes. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, what we say in postmodern. Oh, bravo! <laughs> I like that I, one. You know, yeah, yeah. That's, so feel free to throw that. The ooh. brewers really seem to love that. I bet. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. I make lots of make friends lot in of life. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing down the gauntlet there. Yeah, we are. I like it. Between uh, Kentucky sucks and uh, that comment, we've yeah. got two friends. We are. Yeah. <laughs> and they're at the table. And we're at the that's table. really yeah. crazy. And there's four people at the table. Uh, or five. Uh, there's five uh, people at the table. Oh, Chris oh man. Boy, I'll tell you. Well, listen, everybody, thanks so much for coming by, and we appreciate it. And um, don't forget, come check us out at Company, Postmodern, Tennessee Whiskey Trail, and Tennessee Theater. You guys yep. have a great month. We'll see you. Yep.